Cade Briggs is the most recent player to transfer to Texas Tech and play under Joey McGuire. And he is a massive pickup, both figuratively and literally. A look at his impact and a preview of today's basketball game against Eastern Washington coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News. And I'm joined by my co-host, good friend, and longtime Texas Tech analyst, Emery Lida. Today, we're going to be breaking down the basketball game against Eastern Washington, where Texas Tech will be without a few key members of their team but Eastern Washington might be a little bit worse than it seems and also going to break down Cade Briggs, the transfer from New Mexico. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Texas Tech is trying to grow their success and if they want to, they're going to have to get better on the offensive line. That's exactly what we're seeing from Joey McGuire, where he has been recruiting a lot of offensive linemen that are hitting the portal, one of which is Cade Briggs, who will now be playing in Lubbock next season. He is a transfer from New Mexico, played over 700 snaps at left tackle last season, has started every single game of the last two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Also played a good amount in his freshman year. Um, his numbers on PFF from his freshman year are not great at all. He had a very poor freshman year, which is kind of understandable because offensive line is probably the most difficult position to play in college football as a true freshman, at least I would say. And so his numbers being a little bit poor there are are understandable, but he's gotten better over the last few years, especially as a run blocker, has really good numbers there. Um, his pass blocking last year was a little bit sketchy. He allowed five sacks and then 31 pressures combined over the last two seasons, but he's still a decent piece. Texas Tech needed experience here. They needed veterans, and they got it. Um, obviously, Briggs was playing left tackle. Our good friend Golan, he published a story with Briggs on RedRaiderSports.com the other day. Don't want to give away too much of Golan's story there. If, if you're a Texas Tech fan, you should already be subscribed to Red Raider Sports. But Briggs did say that the staff told him that they wanted him to come in and compete for the center job, obviously with Dawson Deaton leaving the program after this year. So I think we'll see Briggs at left tackle, but I also expect him to be in the running for center. So a very good addition for this Texas Tech staff and definitely a guy that will be playing big snaps next season. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what Briggs can bring to the table. I think he's played most of his snaps for his college career at the left tackle position, and obviously the run blocking there is where he was really good at New Mexico. The pass blocking, again, was a little bit sketchy. On their team, he allowed significantly more pressure than the right side. But obviously there's some stuff that you have to take with a grain of salt with those numbers. I mean, New Mexico as a team did not do a ton of passing while he was there, so it was kind of difficult to tell exactly 
how much that was schematic and how much of that was him genuinely struggling. Um, but seeing him potentially moving to the interior is something that I've kind of picked up on the last week or two. It seems like the staff from all reports seemingly wanted him to play along the interior and like you mentioned at the center position. But I still think there's room for him to be on at one of the tackle positions. I think it's a good idea kind of go into it with a loose idea of where he's going to end up playing because it can all be interchangeable. I mean, obviously, there's a learning curve with each of the positions, but I mean, he's a versatile piece. I'm confident that he can be a good addition. And I think that it, it shows a lot of the emphasis that Joey McGuire's put on making sure the offensive line is short up and ready to go for the next season. It's a really pivotal position. And I feel like a lot of people don't really view it as such because it's so it's so gritty and it's so grindy of a position to play. I mean, you've got one of the most unrecognizable jobs on the field when you're doing well, but when you're doing poor, it's immediate that you are in trouble. And Texas Tech has had that position a lot over the last few years. And next year, your offensive line is going to be especially thin. I mean, I mentioned Deaton. You're also going to be losing guys like Josh Berger, TJ Stormit, who had struggles at times, but still is an experienced piece. And there are guys in the program that I think a lot of people are excited about. You know, you got Weston Wright, who seems to be a guy that a lot of people are fond of. Jacoby Jackson, a guy who is, is spoken very highly of. Caleb Rogers, Ethan Card, but still a lot to make up for with the guys that you're losing on your offensive line in Texas Tech can really not afford that, especially with the style of offense that they want to run next year under Zach Kitley. So, you know, I think Briggs has a little bit of work to do on his pass blocking, and he, again, mentioned that to Golan, that he was working on taking snaps, um, really liked the style of offense that Texas Tech is going to play under Zach Kitley, mentioned that as a big reason as why he came to Lubbock. And so I think that... While there's work to be put in for Briggs, I'm certainly optimistic. And really what it comes down to is Briggs is ultimately, I feel like, a better option than what Texas Tech has in the program right now. Even guys that really excite me for their futures that are in this offensive line group. There's just there's a lot of work to be done here, and you really want experienced guys on the line. So while he's kind of putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound for now, this gives Joey McGuire... Um, some time and Stephen Hamby some time to develop the guys that they're getting into their program now. So Briggs is a big addition if for nothing else than just for providing some experience on this line. But I am excited about what he can do as a player. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one sort of hold up with Briggs is the fact that he comes from New Mexico where last season, they only attempted 261 passes only had 313 dropbacks, which equates to roughly 26, 27 times per game, which is nowhere near what you're going to see from from Zach Kittley's offense and what I think Texas Tech's looking to run next season. So it's going to be an adjustment in terms of schematically because New Mexico really did a lot of option running and a lot of running in general, and that's going to be something that you're going to have to see Briggs playing a different role in that sense. But if he's excited to come here and play that sort of role and play that sort of offense, then that's the first major positive and like we mentioned, the versatility is there. And I think that as a whole, it's important just to have depth in the offensive line and adding Briggs is really important to doing that. For sure. And this is not the last offensive lineman that we will see Joey McGuire land from the transfer portal. I am almost certain of that. Coming up next, we will shift to the hardwood to preview Texas Tech's basket Texas Tech basketball game against Eastern Washington today at midday.
For the first time in four years, bowl season is finally back, Texas Tech fans, and I have been telling you about Price Picks. So if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to the college football action, Price Picks makes college basketball more exciting. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. As a leader in college sports daily fantasy, Price Picks offers more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world, offering all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may have never heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of. In basketball, you can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and much more. All users that deposit and use promo code Locked On will receive a full instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code Locked On. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks also allows mixed sport entries so you can combine a basketball prop with a football prop. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Do you have poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and so much more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. NetSuite can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for a special end of your financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Be sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview for 2021. There's local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. It's the most comprehensive college football playoff preview and it began last Friday. Eastern Washington is Texas Tech's next opponent on the schedule. Um, they're 6-5 and five on their season right now. Not ranking super high in things like Kim Palm or T-Rank. They are 205th in, in Kim Palm right now. And 247th in T-Rank. Um, they, they're kind of adjusting to some of the growing pains of a first-year head coach, who is David Riley. Took over Shantae Leggins, who is now the coach at Portland, I believe. Um, Eastern Washington has won back-to-back conference championships, though, and last year might have remembered them after they took Kansas down to the wire, really, as a 14th seed in the NCAA tournament in the first round. They did not win that game, but it was very, very close. A key part of that was Tanner Groves, who I really, really wanted to transfer to Texas Tech, but actually ended up at Oklahoma. So he's a guy that Texas Tech fans will see. But I think we saw a lot of their their brand of offense in that Kansas game and it's remained the same even through a coaching change they 
run an op they run a really up tempo offense they they shoot a lot of threes they're top 40 in tempo and they are quick and kind of one of the first things that stands out to me whenever i turned on the tape was how big this team is there are really just two players on their team that are getting key minutes that are shorter than 66 their best player is steel venters he is a wing he kind of plays like wing guard but he is six seven and and he is a big dude um and he can really really shoot um almost 50 percent on his threes this season and he's taken a lot of them almost six so probably the guy that texas tech fans are going to be sweating the most when they see because of his ability to shoot the ball but man really what stands out to me is how big this team is i mean you look down their roster and you want to look at really what's been their starting five this season. You've got Venters, who's 6'7", Rylan Bergeson, another guard, who's 6'6", um, Linton Eclazy, who's 6'6", Ethan Price, 6'10", uh, Angelo Allegri is 6'7". So this is a team that's long, that's athletic, and it shows, I think, more than anything in their three-point defense. They are top 50 in three-point defense right now. Obviously not the greatest strength of schedule, but they are holding uh, opponents to 28.6% from deep. They're also a good rebounding team. They're top 50 in total rebounds and 16th in defensive rebounds in the country. So a lot of length, honestly, this might be a bad comparison, but this team kind of reminds me of Oklahoma State. Like I'm not really afraid of the talent on Oklahoma State, but they're a team that can give you a fit any given night because of how long and how athletic they are. And that's kind of how I feel with Eastern Washington. I mean, obviously they rank pretty low in Kim Palm. I think they're even lower than Tarleton State right now. And that's kind of my parameter as a uh, longtime basketball fanatic of the Texans. Shout out to Lon Reisman. But yeah, I think this Eastern Washington team, they're lengthy and they're quick. And I, I can see them giving Texas Tech a little bit of a fit. I don't think they'll win, but I think this game might be a little bit closer than other people are willing to admit. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned their length, and for me, this team is like if you combined Texas Tech's length, not quite the level of athleticism you see with Tech, but certainly they have the wing depth to kind of go toe-to-toe with Tech, with tech in that sense, which you're not going to find very often throughout college basketball. And then you gave them North Florida style of play and just absolutely running Full tempo, a lot of ball movement, a lot of threes taken. They're probably a little bit better at attacking the paint than most teams that run that style of offense. I've noticed they have guys that can be quite aggressive getting to the rim. But certainly for me, I mean, it all starts with Steel Ventures. The guy, I mean, I thought that coming into this, he might be one of your typical mid-majors just in terms of good shooter, but gets afraid of length, doesn't quite show out when... He's heavily contested, but the guy moves so well off ball, and he is a ridiculous shot maker. Like going back and watching some of the tape from that Colorado game, some of the shots he he was taking and making was pretty incredible. And I think he's going to be the challenge because Tech's not going to face another player that's as good as he is off the ball for quite a until they're a little bit into conference play. I think it's going to be a good test to see how they can defend that because. Even a team like Gonzaga, I'm not sure if they really had someone with Venter's play style. I mean, you look at a guy like Julian Strother, and he'd probably be the closest thing. But even then, his shot-making and off-ball movement wasn't quite as 
ridiculously efficient and his ability to create space off the ball is impressive. And he also has a little bit of on ball upside as well. He's kind of struggled a little bit with turnovers at times whenever he tries to kind of do too much, but he's certainly a player that can play in just about any sort of offense. So, I mean, this team has the talent and the length to give Tech challenges. I think they have a similar issue in all honesty, and they don't really have a dependable ball handler. Um, they've kind of played with a different with some different guys doing that this year. Rylan Bergeson that you mentioned earlier, he's a transfer. He used to play at BYU, transferred him from Central Arkansas, I believe, and he's kind of been the closest thing that they've had to a primary ball handler. But he struggled with turnovers at times this year and doesn't quite drive as well as you would want for from a primary ball handler. So, I mean, they have a similar issue to Tech, but certainly this is a team that on paper can give them fits, definitely from beyond the arc and as well as that just pure tempo and ability to kind of space things out and get the ball moving. Yeah, when you're looking at these kind of mid-major teams that are coming in for buy games, it's really easy to look at guys like Venters and think, okay, you know, this guy is putting up crazy numbers, but, I mean, Texas Tech is just at a level that they've never really played before. And kind of the biggest qualifier that makes that distinction true is that usually these mid-major teams look really good against other other mid-major opponents because um, they're they're bigger and they're quicker. And once they get to a level to play teams like Texas Tech, it's clear that they aren't as big and as lengthy and as quick as P5 teams, but that that's not the case with this team. This team is really long. They're quick, like you mentioned. You mentioned the aggressiveness. That was something I meant to touch on earlier. And where that really, really shows is how they're able to get to the free throw line. They are 10th in free throws made and 11th in free throws attempted per game in Division One right now. So they are getting to the line a lot, shooting 74% from there. Um, and, and they force their opponent to foul a lot. They're forcing about 20 fouls per game right now which has been a struggle for Texas Tech, not something the Red Raiders can allow here, not only to not send a reliable free-throw shooting team to the line, but also to not get themselves into foul trouble once again. And we've seen kind of the Eagles do that this season. Um, They played Washington State. Um, They actually won that game. Washington State has not been great this year, but that's still a quality win. And then they played Colorado really, really close. So some close games against high major teams. And I think what we're seeing is um, for one, Venters is an incredible player. Like you mentioned, a very ridiculous shot maker. He'll make pretty much anything you give him. So you cannot get loose on your rotations in this game. And then they, they force a lot of free throws. They're going to continue to get to the line and Texas tech cannot give them easy points in this contest or else it is going to be closer for a lot longer than they would like. Yeah. That's the thing. One of Shout out to Bryce Hendricks on Twitter, one of my fellow roll call sports guys. Uh, he mentioned a comparison that really kind of stood out to me, and that would be Duncan Robinson when you look at Steel Ventures. I think this entire team really encapsulates what makes a mid-major dangerous. I mean, they have the length and athleticism to match up with a lot of Power 5 teams. I mean, that Washington State game, Washington State isn't the best team, but this year they're also improved by a lot of efficiency metrics. And by all accounts, that was still a really good win to get. And even against Colorado, like that's a that's a matchup that a team that isn't prepared for that sort of level would be more phased by. And I certainly think Eastern Washington has the pedigree to make this difficult. I mean, obviously they're down in the 200s and efficiency ratings for a reason, and that's because they've struggled with a lot of their other mid-major games, and they've been pretty inconsistent when it comes to both ball handling and shooting. 
But, I mean, when they're on the season, they can really present a difficult challenge just because you're, they're not going to be outmatched just looking at the raw numbers. I mean, they've got the shooting on their best days. They've got the length and athleticism. They've got the ball movement and the tempo that can create challenges. I mean, Tech has struggled at times in transition defense this year and giving up open looks. And I think that's something that could be challenged in this game as well. So, I mean, this is not going to be an easy contest by any means, even if the efficiency metrics really favor Tech, just because of the fact that, I mean, Eastern Washington, they're not your typical 250th place by team, buy-in team that you can get out 50 to 30 at halftime and cruise to win. This is going to be a game where you're going to have to really watch out for their style of play and tempo. Yeah, definitely not a cupcake by any means. And don't really want to portray that as trying to boost Texas Tech's non-con schedule. This is still a relatively easy game compared to the rest of your schedule. But if you're not careful, man, th this one can get a little dicey. Coming up, we'll wrap things up with our predictions on the game and our keys for a Texas Tech victory. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, fat, but still high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors you're going to have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate? cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you the extra energy you need this holiday season, so tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order today. That's Built.com, promo code LOCK15, for 15% off your order. All right. Eastern Washington, a team that maybe deserves a little bit more respect than they're getting whenever you look at Texas Tech's non-conference slate. Um, the difficulty of this game is only increased whenever you consider the injuries. Mark Adams said today in his press conference that Terrence Shannon Jr. is unlikely to play in this game. And let me tell you all right now, whenever a college coach is willing to say that a player is unlikely to play, they are not going to play. I, I would be surprised if TJ even plays in that Alabama State game. That's not great news. Um, I understand the rationale there, and they need to be careful with TJ, but they've got to figure out what, they, what they're doing on offense, and then they've got to figure it out quick because, man, they're having some issues, and we'll probably break down their point guard situation at another point this week, but obviously we'll be without Miley Wilson as well, who did have that scope surgery down from what I heard today. He's, he's going to be out for, for a minute, like at least probably three weeks. And, and he's going to miss a few of those Big 12 games, which is not great because you open the year with Oklahoma State, which is a winnable game. It'll be tough, but it's a winnable game. 
But then you play Iowa State on the road, you play Kansas, and you play Baylor. So they've got a brutal stretch in front of them to open the Big 12. But, man, that, that's a problem for a few weeks. Right now, Texas Tech needs to focus on Eastern Washington, but they will be without those two names. My keys to the game, Texas Tech needs to not get into foul trouble early. Um, their best players especially, they've got to make sure Kevin McCuller does not get into foul trouble. Kevin McCuller needs to make sure that Kevin McCuller doesn't get into foul trouble early. He's got to keep himself in the game. I mean, he'll be the best player on the floor for Tech in this one, so he's got to stay on the court. Would like to see a big game from Davion Warren, maybe a little bit handling the ball as well to figure out if he kind of needs to play some patch play at point guard to open conference play. Um, and then, man, got to figure out the big rotation right now. Um, would love to see some tinkering with kind of Bacho and Williams and, and where they fit in in the rotation. But um, kind of having a big game from Bacho would be another win for me and another key because this Eastern Washington team, again, is big. But I think what we saw from Bacho against Gonzaga is that he's able to bang around down low and, and he can be an efficient player on offense when he's aggressive. Yeah, for me, I think it's going to be getting to the lane and finishing aggressively on offense because if there's one thing that Eastern Washington does not have, it's effective rim protection. They do not block a lot of shots this year. They've allowed teams to be quite comfortable under there. I mean, you're talking about a team that's in the bottom third nationally in block shot percentage, and as well as that, even their two-point percentage is very mediocre. And just watching the tape, I mean, you've got guys that are lengthy and athletic, but they're mostly guys that can play out on the perimeter. And then even Ethan Price, who's their freshman big that is in the rotation and I believe starts most of the games from what I've seen, he's still not someone that really strikes you as a typical rim protector like a Vacho. So I think that's one clear advantage that Tech has that they're going to need to exploit in this game. And probably the one thing that Eastern Washington lacks in terms of being ultra competitive. And I, then I think on the defensive side of things, I mean, the rotations need to be crisp because if they aren't, this is the exact type of team that's going to really bury you. I mean, especially with Venters being a 50% three-point shooter. If you give him 11 open looks, you can bet on him making at least five or six of them, if not more. And that's the difference between you walking out of here with a 17, 18-point victory or having to call your way back. So it's going to be critical on defense to rotate and then offensively get in the rim, not turning the ball over too much. And, I mean, just having guys like Davion Moore and Kevin McCuller, Adonis Arms, taking care of the ball, making good decisions, and just really doing what they have to do as a ball handler. Because without TJ, obviously, it's not ideal. Without Mike Wilson, you might struggle a little bit in terms of passing, but you just have to make make the most of it and find your way to get through this game in an easy fashion. Yeah, definitely need to tighten up on the rotations. I think Texas Tech has done a really good job at limiting the opponent's best players this season. And so I think that they should be able to keep up with Venters, but obviously you won't have Terrence Shannon Jr. in this game. That's a big, big loss on defense because he'd match up really well with Venters, in my opinion. I, I guess they'll probably stick McCuller on him, maybe Warren, but definitely an interesting matchup there to monitor tomorrow or today. Um, and I'm just, yeah, th this game's a little scary. Uh, I mean, you look at the lines. Uh, Bart Torvik has Tech as a 19-point favorite. That that's very generous to me. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Tech winning this game, but I'm gonna go 79-67, and that's even a little bit more loose than I than I'd like to 
than I'd like to pick. And I, I'm betting on guys like Davion Warren being able to have big days, um, putting up big points. If that's not the case, this game is going to be lower scoring. It's going to be a little bit of a slugfest, and, and you're going to need to tighten up your rotations. But I think I think that's kind of where I'm comfortable right now, Texas Tech and a 12-point victory. But it's going to be close for a lot of this game, and I'd probably pick Eastern Washington to cover the first half. I, th- I don't know what that'll open up as, but I, I'm I'm a little bit intrigued to see how this game goes today. It's at a weird time. Tip is at one central. Texas Tech did just play an early game, so maybe that'll help them adjust a little bit. But yeah, definitely probably the most interesting game in Texas Tech's kind of easier non-conference schedule thus far, and definitely one that I think could create a lot of worry in the Texas Tech fan base if it's not approached with a little bit more caution. I'm going to throw a game out there from 2016 that I think is a really good comparison for this one. That's going to be the Rice game back then, the one where Anthony Livingston had to score 34 points, hit three game-winning free throws to win the game. And I'm going to say, if you can pull out this win, as long as it's not something egregiously bad where it's like a 93 to 90 type of triple overtime win, then you take it because you're down your best player. You're down two ball handlers, which are going to be important against a team like Eastern Washington, as well as probably your two best off-ball defenders, which is exactly what you need in a game like this. So I definitely don't see Tech covering the 19-point spread. I think it's just, for one, Torvik doesn't really take into account injuries. Obviously, you have those guys that have been out of the lineup for a couple of games, and Torvik does kind of skew more towards the recent games. But even then, you're still not getting the full account of TJ Shannon not being there, Malik Wilson not being there. And then I think beyond that, I mean, Eastern Washington plays a style of play that is very difficult to defend against at times. And I think we've seen Tech struggle a little bit with it against North Florida. And in the past, I mean, you've had guys like Lindy Waters go off in in Lubbock and almost beat Tech single-handedly. And I mean, I've seen Tech – Tech be able to kind of stop the best opposing player on different teams this year, but I still think there hasn't been anyone that really compares to Venter's shot-making ability that Tech has faced so far. And with the fact that they've struggled on rotations defensively, and especially without TJ Shannon and Malik Wilson, it's going to be difficult. And I could easily see him having a 30-point game or something of that nature, but I still, I mean, you have to take Tech to win this game just because I still think the ability to get to the rim and have that offensive advantage on the inside is going to be critical. I think Bryson Williams and O'Banner are going to have big games if they can play to their level. I'm a little bit worried about Williams still, but in theory, this should be a good game for them. So I'm going to take Tech to win this one, 81 to 75. I think it's going to be close. I definitely don't think it's going to be one where you're going to get a lot of non-rotation guys getting minutes. But having said that, I'm going to go with, quite possibly the most biased player of the game that I've had all year. And I'm going to say Clarence Sedoni. I'm going to say that because I think at some point it's going to be obvious that you need someone that's a really scrappy off-ball defender to get into the game to defend guys like Winters. And I think that he's going to be able to do that. And I think even if offensively his impact isn't going to be all that impressive, I mean, certainly he can play some of the ball in minutes and might get a few points, a few assists, but defensively, I mean, he can be a game changer. He was a couple of years ago against Kansas. And I think 
this is going to go his time with TJ out, with Malik Wilson out. I think he gets 25-plus minutes and is critical to attack victory. They'd hope so. I'll certainly tell you that much. I, I think they they want to see a lot from him defensively. I'm I'm still very skeptical about his offense, but if he can play defense in this game and give Linders a shot, I, I'll, I'm here for it, man. My player of the game, I'll go Kevin McCuller. He needs to have a bounce back game after after his performance against Gonzaga. Not only was he five of fifteen and got into foul trouble, but he just did not look comfortable. Um, I think he needs to build a little bit more momentum here, especially handling the ball. But man, we'll see what happens. We'll be back tomorrow to break down and recap what happened in this game. Also, might talk a little bit about Texas Tech struggles at the point guard position. Analyze some things about what they can do. Some potential routes to take and where to go from here keep up with us as we are off the air you can follow me on twitter at our mainville lbk you can follow emory at eraser 41 and you can follow our official locked on texas tech page at locked on ttu be sure to follow our feed wherever you listen to podcasts it's a big help for us to make sure that our we're getting our podcasts in front of as many people as possible Share this podcast with a fellow Red Raider that you know who is looking for more content. We'd be happy to get it on the feeds for them. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We can't wait to come back tomorrow. But for now, go make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.